All right. Welcome in on another episode of the Outside of the Lines podcast. I am your co-host, followed by none other than Jacob Newton. And today we have another sad episode of Outside the Lines. And yeah, today today is a tough one. It is a tough one. I think you guys all know why. But before we dive into all that, we do want to give a nice and happy shout out to our favorite sponsor, BNC Fieldhouse. You know, when Iowa State isn't always pulling through, BNC always does. So head on over there, catch some of the NFL games. They have great mimosa deals. They are obviously the best place to watch the Cyclone game if you are, of course, not at the Cyclone game. And this Friday, they got $5 wraps, $3 audioses, and of course, mug deals that you wouldn't believe with a drag show every Thursday night. So head on over to BNC Fieldhouse, support our boy, Ben. And without further ado, we will get into our breakdowns from this weekend. So Rock Chalk Jayhawk, Horns down. That's all we're going to talk about. Let's go, Kansas. Let's clap it up for Kansas, Newt. Woo! Good job, Kansas. Yeah, SEC. huge SEC. game. SEC. No, this was a beautiful weekend for college football just because the Jayhawks rolled Texas. Wasn't it in Austin, too? It was in it Austin. Was in Austin. One by one point. Took down Sark in the horns and in, in the Orange Texas. That's their name now. They're just Orange Texas. So shout out to the Jayhawks again. Just one more clap up. They, they deserve it. They deserve it. Love it. Love it. We love it. Mm-hmm. And that was our breakdown from this weekend, right? <laughs> Nothing else happened on Saturday, right, Mason? Nothing else happened on Saturday. No, I'm good. Are you good? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there were any other games that were played in the state of like Texas specifically or anything like that on Saturday that were close and maybe came down to the wire, or, like you know, last minute wins, that kind of stuff. Nope. Yeah, not like there's a 62 yard field goal that was made or anything that just crushed every single Cyclones' hopes and dreams or anything like that. I still haven't crawled out of my hole. That was an awful loss. I, I mean. I said it from, from the beginning, you know, Texas is, is better than they look like they are competitive in most of the games they're playing in. I just, I truly didn't think that they were a better team. I still don't think they're a better team than us. I think we're better than them on a lot of the sides of the ball, but Holy shit, Donovan Smith. Can we put him in the Heisman campaign or something? 372 total yards, three touchdowns and one interception. And just from the get-go, you know, it's, it really is hard to play a team when you're not preparing for their backup quarterback, their backup is a backup for a reason. You know, he's usually worse than the starter, but you're preparing all week to face a certain guy. And then when there's another guy who is a completely different style of play, dual threat, like Donovan Smith, it can be really hard to scheme for him. And you saw that with Iowa state, that first half when they put up 31 points, it was very, it was just very real, you know, we couldn't figure him out. He got figured out a little bit in the second half, but it's just one thing that, you know, you can throw a wrench in your game plan. And and if your game plan isn't, isn't up for up for it, then you can lose almost any game. So Holy shit. It was a tough loss. I, I, I don't know what, what to say on it. It was a tough loss. 62 yards. My ass. Damn it. You know what the worst part about that 62 yard field goal is, is that I knew as soon as they were attempting that shit, that it was going in. Like that was the worst fucking part. Like I was, I was streaming it on my phone and I was like, I was like, I, I'm expecting, I'm fully expecting a random ass college kicker 
to kick a 62 yarder to win. And I know for a fact it's going to go in because the guy that he is kicking against is fucking wearing Iowa State. Like it's it's so Iowa State. It's it is it's ridiculous. I it's so frustrating. And you know, like you have to like give props to Texas Tech because we could not do shit in the first half. We could not stop them. And we dug mm-hmm. ourselves in such a big fucking hole, which is somewhat of a theme with Iowa State in some games. You know, we saw it with Baylor last year. We got got our shit kicked in for the first half and then we made a comeback, but it wasn't enough. Like it's, it's, or sorry, was that two years ago? But like it, they have these kind of games where like, holy shit, they look like they did not game plan for the first half. And then they're like, oh, we'll make some adjustments. And then it's just like uh, too little, too late. And, but man, oh, the, the, the field goal, like it was just so tough. And I think the thing that probably I would, you know, besides giving up 41 points to Texas tech, which should not happen with our mm-hmm. level of defense was just the fact that even on that last drive, when we had the chance to take like the go ahead um, touchdown and we didn't, and it just, it seemed like we legitimately got to the red zone. And then we were like, let's not even be aggressive and like try and, and go for the end zone and go for the win. Like, let's be really conservative. And it just felt like it was, it was one of those games where if you watch it from start to finish, like, you know, it's midway through the second quarter, I'm like, we're not winning this game. Like we look awful. It's going to be so hard. So it's like when you have the opportunity to then win a game that you're not supposed to win, you have to like be aggressive and take that because like that is your like golden opportunity. They had a huge chance to do that and then make it really hard on the red Raiders to like come back and, you know, they would need a fucking, you know, they would have needed – they only won by three. They only won by the field goal. So, they would have needed a touchdown to, to get the victory. So, it's just like mm-hmm. – I think that was the most frustrating part. Like, you know, aside from the overall, like, entire performance was, like, that ending to it where it's just like, all right, like, you guys got some momentum and you could sneak this win out. Like, do it. Just, like, be aggressive. Go for it. And, I don't know. When I you're on the I road, you got to be I could rant about the shit. Yeah. Huh? you're right though. Like when you're on the road, you got to be aggressive. When you're coming from behind, you got to be aggressive. And that's not a time when you want to go for the tie. Like I, I don't exactly remember the scenario you're talking about, but I, I know I believe you and I side with you because you know, that, that's how you have to call the game. And if you're down the entire game, you're making a huge comeback at the end and you have the option to go for the tie or the win. And it's at another team's, you know, home field. That's when and you want to play like shit. Like they, they did not deserve mm-hmm. a win. Like you watch that full game and you're like, Texas tech was the better team today. They deserve the win. So that being said, you need to just be aggressive with it and sneak out the win. Like mm-hmm. <sighs> that, that's, that's your chance where you can steal the game when you shouldn't. And, Correct. and, and again, if, even if you take that game in overtime, you're still going to overtime in Lubbock with a fired up crowd that's watching their team kick ass against a good Iowa state team. I, I still don't like our chances in overtime. Like at the end of the day, you're away. You need to go for the win. You need to call that. So you're going for the win. So you don't need to put any more time, you know, and more, you know, what, what, what do you, what do you call it? More bruising on our players to play another overtime. Like, I, I don't know. Again, I don't exactly. So walk me through this scenario. You said there was, um, was it like a third down that we didn't go for it or what? Oh, I, I would have to a second. 
like pulled up, but I just, I remember watching it and we were, we were just moving the ball so efficiently. And then we got to the red zone and it was just like, okay, let's, let's like not do what was working. Let's not be aggressive. We have tech on their heels. And then it was just, it looked like they were playing for like, just making sure they got points when it's like, you need to be like taking shots to the end zone and that kind of stuff. And I, I think that was just by far kind of the most frustrating thing to watch in the moment about it. So, mm-hmm. well, I think we did learn from this weekend that there is something worse you can do than throw horns down, which is throw a water bottle on the field. Right. <laughs> it's very true. They, I said they should have made it hilarious. Like throw something funnier on there. Like a ketchup bottle, I think is what Tennessee did. I think a Buffalo Bill a few years ago threw a dildo. I don't know if you should necessarily throw a dildo on the field, but make it funny. Do do something like that where it's like, oh, haha, this landed on the field. It's um, it's 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 a funny little drawing of of Wendy Winterstein. I don't know something. Make it hilarious. Write a little note to the referee. I don't know. That is funny. Don't throw a water bottle. That's just like okay, you're you're being a pissy fan and, and you're not even making the best use out of this. Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the few things I'm least upset about with this game. But, (laughs) well, I don't know what else I have to say about the Texas Tech game. That isn't just turmoil. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it is, it's frustrating. And it's, you know, like we said, if, if you want to, make it to the big 12 tile game. You know, these are the games that you have to win. You cannot have these slip ups against the West Virginia's and the Texas tech, like these middle of the road teams in the big 12. And then, you know, we still show up for Oklahoma state and Texas, which Texas is more middle of the road than Texas tech at this point. But anyways, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like it's just kind of like, it's frustrating because we've seen like the potential of this team and, as a fan, we're irrational about that shit. But when you when you have come to expect uh, a certain like unit or player to to perform to a certain level, and it just they didn't do it today, it, it just makes it really hard. And it also just makes it kind of kind of demoralizing knowing that you know the the Big Twelve title game, while still possible, is just you know way out of our control now. Where we're basically rooting for a bunch of different combinations to potentially you know weasel our way in there with four wins or with four losses you know three in conference but mm-hmm. you know i i don't know it's it is it is what it is you know and i, I guess I, I saw something by jared stansberry today he had a, he had a great article to kind of provide some perspective on it but we're also kind of last riding with a lot of people who have really helped build this iowa state culture and have been here since day one and have made us feel a sort of entitlement to big 12 championship game um, births or being competitive for those. And I, I thought that was a great perspective to try and bring in, and, you know, while we can get frustrated, you know, these, they're kids, they're, they're people that ride or die with the cyclones. We ride or die with them. And we obviously have to appreciate what they've done as a whole and, and just really kind of take that in, um, going forward. And I, I thought it was a great perspective and, um, you know, not always easy to, to have that as a fan, but I think that's, you know, definitely kind of the way we got to go. And, and then maybe hopefully the, the ball will, will roll towards our ability to, to get in a big 12 championship game or something like that. But, you know, just kind of enjoy the moments of some 
truly legendary Cyclone players that might be playing their last couple snaps and games for for the Cardinal gold. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. I mean, it, it can it can be easy to get caught up in the expectations of what you expected the season to be, which, first of all, if you were one of those nimrods who thought we were going to make the college football playoff, though I would love to agree with you, like I said, you're a nimrod. You should have never had that expectation from the get-go. And, yeah, that is really good perspective to just keep in place. Like, hey, let's just enjoy – who we have out on this field and just enjoy the ride for what it could be for the rest of the season. And and like you said, for what will likely be the last season for a lot of these cyclone greats. I mean, we already know there's a few that are for sure going to be gone. Like chase Allen, he had a hell of a game, by the way, that hurdle was awesome. Um, But you know, close the book on it. Look forward to Oklahoma, right? Yeah. I mean, that's all we can do. And, and that's kind of gonna, gonna segue us to, to Oklahoma talk here, but it's, it's a uh, obviously a huge game. Uh, one we're been excited for and have circled on the calendar. And while it might not have as big of implications as we were hoping for potentially, uh, you know, it, we still, we still have the chance to get shit done on the field and, and, you know, see how the dominoes may fall. So you know, with that, how, how are you feeling about Oklahoma? They're coming off their first loss to, to Baylor. Um, are we going to get a piss I off mean, Oklahoma? Caleb Williams didn't really look that great. You know, that I think that's kind of reassuring almost like, hey, yeah, maybe maybe teams are got enough film on him, can scout him a little bit better and, and have been able to adapt to him. And, you know, seeing that Baylor was able to really keep him in check is, you know, obviously a little bit more promising, I guess. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right because Caleb Williams, he he didn't – I would say the past two weeks he hasn't quite looked like he did his first two weeks. And, and yeah, I, I always say this probably because of film. Um, I have a really good expert analysis on this game, though. Ready for this? All right. Boomer sooner, more like bummer sooner. Am I right? <laughs> All right. That was the best you could come up with. Spencer Rattler, more like Spencer Rattled. <laughs> I don't hate that one as much. Oh, I, I kind of hate both of them. But, you know, yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> Oklahoma is always a fun game. Like, I, I I wouldn't expect it to be too terribly low scoring. I do think this is going to be one of those points, 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 points games. And I've only predicted that one other time this year, and I was right. Um, I, I think it, it, it'll be a really fun game. Um, I don't know how it's going to shake out because I think both teams are coming off probably some pissed off losses. It's just weird where you get both Iowa State and Oklahoma coming off a loss. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, I don't like that they lost to Baylor. If I'm being completely honest, I think I would like our chances a little bit more if they were going into this game undefeated. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, maybe Baylor's film is kind of proving some stuff that Iowa State can piggyback off. Of. You know, maybe we can, maybe Heacock can just kind of look at what Baylor did with Caleb Williams and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe form their own version of it. But I will say I, it's, it's one of those same, it's, it's similar to like Texas tech. Like the, the main reason I was concerned about Texas tech was because we had never lost to them, you know, and, and, you know, just statistically speaking, you're going to lose eventually. And it's kind of the same thing with Oklahoma. Like if they came in undefeated, I'd be like, well, they're due for a loss, you know, well, shoot, they just lost to Baylor. Maybe they're not as due for a loss. Maybe they are going to come in pissed off. Um, and it is in, it's not in Jack Trice, right? It's, it's in Norman. No, we're so that's going to be in, yeah, it's going to be a tougher, tougher game. Um, I did not check the lines by the way. Yes. Favorite game. Did you All check right. the lines? Okay. 
I did. Okay. Well, let's play guess that line, Mason. We're clearly the underdogs. We're clearly the underdogs. And I'm, I think it's going to be a little bit over a touchdown, but not by much. I'm just going to say Oklahoma seven and a half. Close. It's Oklahoma minus six. Damn. A little less than a tutty. A little less than a tutty. Okay. Well, I, I don't have anything more on it. Um, we'll see if ESPN or whoever's broadcasting this game will Fox. absolutely mention Charlie. Okay. Well, if it's Fox, then they might not. So Charlie Kolar and Trey Young played together in high school. You've probably heard that for the 200th time. <laughs> Expect to hear that another five more times, at least on Saturday, even though Trey Young doesn't even play football. They, they mentioned during Especially the basketball it's gonna game be a, because they're they played on the same basketball team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because that's, that's where Kolar, they played and grew up. And Kolar's coming home. Hey, just a funny little tidbit there. Did you know he and Trey Young played on the same basketball team? No shit. Thank you, ESPN. So one thing that gives me a little hope and definitely something that when you're losing um, or allowing 31 points in the first half is, you know, kind of, I would say it was not able to establish the run here and Baylor gashed Oklahoma. They, they put almost 300 rushing yards on them uh, in their win. So I think that is possibly the blueprint here. Um, and, and obviously you, you need your defense to not allow like 31 first half points again or something to, to be able to get Brees mm-hmm. Hall going again. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, with that, I, I really don't know how I feel about this game. I, I, we always like Lincoln and Riley and Matt Campbell have had some fantastic battles, regardless of where the talent level has been at, um, you know, where teams have been ranked um, and they've always been usually close. And for the most part, shootouts too. Like it, it's always seemed like it's, it's gone. Uh, pretty back and forth mm-hmm. with whoever can get defensive stops or, or turnovers, but it's usually really close. So I would expect more of the same here. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully Iowa state can, can eke out a, a dub ski, but uh, do you have any, do you want any final score predictions? We're really good at them. I mean, I think since we've been giving <laughs> like exact predictions, we are maybe like one and two, but <laughs> <laughs> We yeah. started doing it with West yeah. Virginia. We're like, it's going to be this score. And then now, but. Oh, man. Okay. Well, this is, I mean, I'm predicting a loss. Um, I, I think we're going to keep it close. So I think we're going to keep it within a possession. So let's just go with, it'll be a high scoring. Uh, man, I don't know. 42-37. Oklahoma. How, how are they even getting 37? I don't know. I, I honestly just threw that the 37 number out. Well, let's see. We can absolutely I, I can put this together. So 37. What's the next number that's divisible? 37 by is seven. Three field goals and four tutties. Absolutely. Give me three field goals and four tutties. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Not 42, too 37. <laughs> All right. If we're kicking that many field goals against Oklahoma, I don't like our chance. That's that's settling yeah. way too much. Um, maybe we miss a field goal or maybe we miss an extra point. I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm going to go back to your point about, I think if Oklahoma didn't lose this last week, I would feel more confident about Iowa state because I would say is obviously going to be coming off a loss where they're probably going to be a little bit more focused this week or, or whatever with it. But Oklahoma's also going to be pissed and, you know, knows that they basically have to win out if they want any hope of, going to the college football playoff again and then getting railed by some SEC team again. Um, so, 
with that, I'm still, I'm just, I'm going to, I got to root and, and cheer for the good guys. This, this is going to be my helmet That's game. Fair. I do one helmet game a year where I wear my Iowa state helmet during the entirety of the game. Um, and okay. I was saving it for Oklahoma. And um, so I basically have to use it now or versus TCU. And it probably seems like they need some helmet uh, magic here. So with that, I think the helmet right. magic's going to come through and we'll go with a, uh, let's do 38, 31. You mean 37, 31? Yeah. 37. <laughs> okay. 42, 37 and 38, 31. All right. I hope you're right. Um, one last thing before we move off of Boomer Sooner. Um, Lincoln Riley was mad that Baylor kicked that field goal at the end of the game. Now, okay. I'm going to I'm gonna say something that people are going to be pissed off at me for. Who wouldn't be pissed off if you're Lincoln Riley? Like that, that, it, that would be aggravating. And I know that that is such an unpopular opinion, but when you lose your first game all year, and, and the fans are storming the field. You already don't like the fact that fans are storming the field. And, and then on top of it, they're storm- they have to push all of the fans back onto the sideline so Baylor can kick a field goal that doesn't impact any of the difference in the game just to basically give a solid middle finger to Oklahoma. You'd be pissed off. Now, let me say this. As a fan, as a big old middle finger to you guys for going to the SEC, I love what Baylor did there. But I thought people were giving Lincoln Riley a little bit too much hard of a or too hard of a time with it. They think it's a little tone deaf because I, people say that he does that. That's a completely different thing. Like kicking that field goal with no time on the clock just to boost up the score and then to push all your fans back. If I'm um if I'm the Baylor coach, I'm, I apologize. I don't know his name. And I see all the fans rushing and I was planning to do a field goal right there. I would have been like, all right, I was going to kick a field goal, but who cares? Let's, let's celebrate, you know, bring on the fans. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Or do you see that? Do you have any thoughts on it? So I saw it and basically what Aranda said is that he's doing it because he wanted additional points because there is a tiebreaker in the big 12 title race. And one of them is point differential. And that was the only reason why. And he was basically like, yes. So I understand that it's maybe the, not the most sportsmanlike, but we're also going to have this gross clumping of a bunch of teams at the top, uh, potentially at the end of the year. And I did not. So, see that. yeah. So that was kind of his reasoning for it. And, and obviously Lincoln, Riley I take it back. Like, you know, it's unsafe for the players when you have fans on the field and, and all this kind of stuff. And then you're still, you know, not just letting it happen. Um, so I, I definitely get both sides of it. Um, and, you know, I guess I can't really pick a side because I dislike both of these teams very much equally mm-hmm. because Oklahoma is now leaving for the SEC and Baylor is Baylor and they will always be Baylor. So I'm just going to let it, those two can just like, I'll just watch from afar. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we'll be the Squidward meme, and they can be SpongeBob and Patrick. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Okay. Well, I actually didn't hear that. The take I heard was just that, oh, Lincoln Riley always, you know, boosts up the score against his opponents. I'm like, I don't really think he does very much. But, okay, that's a completely different narrative. That's fine. I'm okay with that. They can hash that out themselves. Um, So, before we conclude today, do want to just give a quick shout-out to Cyclone Basketball. Big win against a former Elite Eight team, Oregon State. Uh, of course, they have had some people graduate since then. We've had new people come in. But nonetheless, it was a really nice win. It was like the first challenge of the year. Came out with a dub. Still undefeated. 
two and oh we're looking good um i don't know guys the old magic might be back it might be back and we will find out come whenever the iowa game is what is that december december 5th or something but, uh, it's usually a little bit isn't it i don't know it could be that really it might be Blake yeah, we, we do play Xavier soon too, which could be, and we got Creighton as well. And I know Creighton's not as good, maybe as past. I'm going years. to the Creighton game though. Nice, mm-hmm. but and yeah, also I, mean, I miss Rasier Bolton very much. <laughs> he was that one was of the, that was a hard bright spot on, on some of these uh, last couple of prone teams. It sucked. But. It sucks to watch him go to the number one team in the nation to just nail a, a half court buzzer beater with going into halftime and just think, okay, wow, the grass is greener over there. And he is living every bit of it. Damn it. That was, that was such a kick to the nuts, man. I don't know. You just, you got to root, root for it. Obviously new coach, new. Oh yeah. You know, new culture that they're trying to implement. Razier's going to want to win on his last year uh, of college eligibility. So um, and if you can go play for one of the best coaches and programs of, of late, then you definitely got to take that advantage. So, but yeah, Hey, Fair I enough. would say, you know, they got, they're, uh, they're sneaking out some wins. So that's, that's what we want to see. But yeah, I mean, they got some big tests coming up. They got Xavier on the, the 24th, uh, day before Thanksgiving and then Creighton the 4th of December, Iowa, the 9th of December. So, okay. It's the ninth. We'll, uh, okay. We'll see uh, a little bit what they're made of, and then obviously hit the ground running with a uh, Big 12 play at the start of January, and they get to play the good old Baylor Bears to start off. So, Oh, love that. And, yeah. of course, a shout-out to Minivan, averaging over 16 points per game for the Philadelphia Sixers. What a legend. What a legend to take out, you know, to just the, the toxicity in the room from that Simmons stuff, you know. <laughs> What better way to combat that with the joy and the smile and the demeanor of legend George Niang? I mean, talk about a locker room changer. 16 points a game is also really nice, too. Just love that guy. I love that guy. We love George. He is he is the epitome of a cyclone. Like, I, I think when I think of, like, Iowa State cyclones, he is always on that Mount Rushmore. He was just... Probably a little biased because went to school while he was playing, but he was so fun to watch and the way he chirps on Twitter and stuff is it, so great. So he's just um, a cool guy too, you know? Yeah. He that, is. that is one thing I want to ask him. What was it like being George Yang in college? Just walking into any bar, any party and just knowing, yeah, no, I, I can, I can own this joint if I want to, I can just, you know, announce that I'm here and never drink for the rest of my night, which I'm sure he probably has done on a couple occasions. But moving on from that, um, I did want to point out one thing before we conclude. So Liam's two cents. You guys heard it on the last episode. He's going to be doing that on the days where he can't join us, which apparently is going to be everyone. <laughs> and he's just going to give us two cents for two minutes. So if he goes over two minutes, give him shit for it. But if he's within two minutes, and then good for you, Liam. You, you deserve a cookie. And I just need to say that he was predicting a Hoiberg fire or retire from Nebraska in the next two, three years, and then that he will return to Iowa State basketball in about five years as a head coach. And I think he'd said, like, Otts would step down as an assistant coach. That would be awesome. But, Liam, um, what unicorn did you see before you had that take? That's not going to happen, man. Liam, what drugs are you taking? 
<laughs> I hope you're right, but no, no chance. Um, and then I also had one last stupid idea. Um, so Tim Flattery runs the Moonlight Graham podcast, right? He calls all of his listeners moonlighters, right? Clever. Mm-hmm. What if we call ours outsiders? Ooh, not bad. I don't know. Or what if they're insiders? Because, oh, outside the lines, little, insiders. Yeah, because they're inside the outside the lines. Like, oh, yeah. okay. See? So this is this one's just for the insiders. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode, <laughs> you insiders. C- come inside my podcast. All right. Now you're just kind of making it weird. So I think um, Liam, keep it. <laughs> But we're, we're going to close this one off because, as always, we were sponsored by the King of Aim, King of Ames, Mr. Benjamin himself. If you are not going to BNC Fieldhouse on your weekends, your weeknights, watching the big games there, then I don't know what you're doing in Ames because it is the best place for drink deals on Welch. There's Pride Night on Thursdays with live drag shows, and it's the best place to watch the games. The food's fantastic. And, you know, like we mentioned, Iowa State's on the road this week for Oklahoma. So there, you have no excuse unless you're going to Norman, which if you're going to Norman, I love you. Cheer hard as always. But otherwise, you got no excuse and you might as well be watching the game at BNC Fieldhouse and, and enjoying that. So, um, Mason, unless you got anything else, we'll get a roll clones here and hopefully, uh, you know, Boomer Sooner gets knocked off. It's a little buggy this weekend. So. Absolutely. Bummer sooner. And as always, roll clones. Roll clones, baby.